Hello, this is the Tribe Stories, the curated sermons, conversations, and collections of poetry of the Tribe Lagos. The Tribe Lagos is a gospel expression based in the city of Lagos, committed to reaching the next generation with the message of God's love and grace. May this refresh and revive you as you listen. Good morning, everybody. Okay, today we're speaking on the grace-shaped life. For the last couple of days, in the times we've gathered here, we've, we've touched on joy. And joy is such a powerful force for something seemingly so, you know, brittle and fragile. Joy, you know, you're happy. You know how they say it takes like one million muscles to frown and only like two muscles to smile. And so it seems like the easier thing to do, you know, happiness and then something related joy seems like something that is so easy or, you know, near to reach. But then it really isn't. Is it? Is it? Is it? Okay, so it's not only me. You know, and we find that joy is something that you have to take seriously because of all the things that it's able to do for us. The Bible says with joy, you draw from the wells of salvation. You know, and then even the Bible sort of gives, it's like a decree where it said rejoice, and again I say rejoice because of all the import that it has, what it's able to do for us, what it's able to do for our souls, you know, and how it positions us strategically to deal with all the issues within and without in our life. So joy is such an important force. And as the year winds to a close, it's important that we remember that just as we contend for our joy, because joy is available in God, you know, that there's so much more that we can take, or there's so much more that we can't leave on the table. There's so much that the love of God has made available for us. There's so much that because of his love, he's given. And we have to take it all, amen. Amen. So we've been on a beautiful journey and a solid foundation has been laid, you know, through the year, or years, <laughs> um, through the year and years. Uh, and so when we come to the topic of grace, or when we talk about grace, grace is pretty, uh, it's, it's uh, Jesus 101, right? Jesus 101. Okay, so who can define grace for me since it's Jesus 101? Nobody from, okay, nobody from this side. Okay, who can define grace? Oh, okay, what does grace mean to, mean to you? Because I don't think a definition is what we're looking for here. Sorry. Or merited favor, okay. Sorry, I didn't get that. What does grace mean to you? Nothing. Now you must something. What does grace mean to you? Yeah, what does grace mean to you? Anybody else? Okay, so what does what, sorry, what does grace mean to you? No, are we afraid to answer? We don't know it. Is the say is the light doing? Is it affecting you the way it's affecting me? So is it, it's in your eye? Okay, so no, it's a gift. I love it. Who else? Or merited favor? It's a gift. Who else? There's a no blank check. Stripe. A blank check. Ooh, nice. Yes. Overpayment. Oh. Hmm? Overpayment. I want to your face. Pants it's up. me. It's me. Where? I am here. Oh, overpayment. Yes. Love it. Getting way more than you deserve. Okay, anybody else? Anybody else? It's almost, you know, it's almost hard to get it wrong. So grace is derived from the word 
Charis. Is it Charis or Charis? I don't know, but there's H, so I'm going to call it Charis. And, you know, just like the word Charis implies, you think of charity. So it does sound like something that's given as a gift. Something that you don't have to work for. Something you don't have to strive for, contend for. It's given to you. Amen. And today, we're going to look at grace in two dimensions. Grace, you can look at it, and like we've all said, you know, grace really is a gift. Grace is the gift of God that enables us to do what we could not do without Him. Grace is what empowers us to live above our God-absent lives. Grace is God Himself given as a gift to us so that we can be like Him. Grace is an event, and grace is, as a, is a person. And I'm going to, you know, first of all, explain what I mean by an event. So what happened when Jesus went the cross and took our sins and took our shame and took everything basically and God himself gave his life and died for us so that we could be one with him again a veil was torn that thing that separated us from him that thing that caused us to you not know, be able to access all that he had in his heart for us all that he had to give all that he wanted to tell us every inheritance that was taken away by the fall we had access to take it again amen I should probably stop saying amen. Okay, but we had access, you know, to go to God again. No veils, no shadows, no need for sacrifices because the sacrifice had been made once and for all. And so that was the beginning of a dispensation or an era. And so it was an event that heralded um, intimacy and oneness with God. When Jesus was born, he was called, we said he was called Emmanuel, God with us. And in that moment, that prophecy was established. God was one with us again. God had been longing once again to be with us the way he was, you know, in the days of old, with people like Abraham and people like Adam and Eve, you know, and now it was possible. We didn't have to fulfill the law to do it. Before, before then, in fact, even if you, had, you could keep the law and fulfill the law and then God would be silent for many years, you know, with the Israelites. God would be silent. They wouldn't hear anything from him because it wasn't about the outward experience or, or, um, or appearances. The Lord just, the Lord did a lot of things, but one of the things he did, and most people say this, you know, is that it showed us, it, it sort of showed us how much more of a distance there was between us and God. That these are things that are so hard to attain you know and that if you can't like so how do you want to even the person that they call the chief you know the high priest sorry not chief priest not anymore but <laughs> high priest the high priest sorry you know that sometimes you'd literally be looking like will he come out this one that he has gone to see god like is he is he even worthy you know like who so who then was worthy and so, like Pastor Freddie was saying, it would seem like, you know, God was the one distancing himself or that God felt too good and too holy. And so he put the divide and all that. But then we see that God himself had been pursuing us for ages. God himself had a plan to free us from the bondage of sin, to free us from the bondage of flesh and the world and brokenness around us. That God had a plan all along. So he wasn't passive and it wasn't something he was waiting for us to do. It was something that in the fullness of time was unlocked just for us. And so we live in such a privilege. We live in such privilege now that the God that people, you know, would look for all sorts of observances and rituals and ordinances and decrees and they were so hard or impossible to keep and you could only just beg for mercy, you know. And suddenly he's one with us. He's here 
we don't have to go anywhere even when we leave the church he's still with us he's still in us that he's chosen us appointed us to be a holy nation a peculiar people he calls us a priesthood and he's giving us an inheritance and so we are like we are kings upon the earth not even like kings anymore we are kings and queens upon the earth so by that event you see grace unfolded grace unraveled and the face of god you know you can look directly at and then grace is also a person grace is also a person you know titus 2 11 can we can we have that up please titus 2 11 speaks about this can we see what that means Titus 2.11 Okay, if anybody's there and you're with the mic, please you can read for us. For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. Um, can we have another translation? What translation is that? NLT. Let's see another translation. Grace, God's marvelous grace has manifested in person, bringing salvation for everyone. Okay, amen. So God's marvelous grace is manifested in person. That's the transition I was looking for because grace is also a person. You know, it's one thing to say, oh, we live in an era and dispensation of grace. And that is true. And there are many things that would probably have happened if, you know, you've broken up the laws or ordinances. But then those things don't bind us anymore. We are no longer in bondage to those things because grace as a person has, has now been revealed and he's, he lives in us and with us as Christ. So all that Christ was while he was here and all, all he is today, you know, seated in heaven, is, is, is accessible to us. We cannot say we don't see anymore. We don't know what the grace of God would look like. Amen. And what the law could not do because it was weak, you know, is now accomplished by Christ. So jesus jesus came and he said something he said i have not come to i've not i've not come to abolish the law but i've come to fulfill it and that speaks to us saying that i did not come grace as an event isn't just something that wrote off the law because the laws in themselves are not bad while they might point you like into something i see often where there's no where there's um, no law there's no offense right and so where there's law you see that ah, i've offended or i've done something wrong you know i'm out of alignment or i'm out of i've done something basically to someone i offended someone you know but then the law in itself is not bad because the law is what keeps structure is what keeps order in a system or in a place right right are we still together tribe right so the law in itself is not a bad thing but then how how the law makes us feel how the law sometimes can not even sometimes of them can condemn us has the power to condemn us you know is what is is what we don't like and is what is bad and is what causes the separation and the rift and so jesus coming wasn't to abolish the law but to show the power that enables us to fulfill it now i'm not asking us to go back to the ten commandments because it's not necessary please and jesus even summed it all up he said that's it so in some it's about love it's about love, which is why I'm so grateful for his love. Because in his love, we see the empowerment to fulfill. To fulfill means to put the spirit back in a thing. So we see the power 
to live out not just in outward or in appearances but in inside we are truly transformed and aligned with God Amen. Okay. So. so grace is really why you can say stuff like you know you, you're, you can come you can come anyhow but then you can't live anyhow because grace itself demands that we are transformed Jesus you know Jesus didn't do all this and then show us all this love or showing us all this love you know and then it just sits in us and it becomes like stagnant waters you know he did all this so that we ourselves can become channels and rivers of his spirit he did all this so that we can change the world around us god couldn't you know god cannot just literally just come down and then take away our will and then make all the transformations and changes we are the ones who allow our hearts equal courseways and pathways for him to make the transformation that he wants internally first and then we take that out so the ability to govern ourselves govern our desires govern our flesh govern our bodies is given to us by grace that's the power that grace brings it enables us to confront our god absent lives so before now your god absent life um, and god absent life is life before christ your life before christ is your lives before christ um you you probably didn't even know you were sin, or maybe you did. Like that, you see, most in most African households, you know, you're not a. This is not your first. You're not. You didn't just give your life and know Jesus. You probably knew about Jesus, but then coming to the point where you um, you heard about Him again and believed Him and received Him was possibly a personal journey for most of us here, right? Most of us came to this conviction and realization as adults, teenagers. It wasn't something that was handed down by as an inheritance by our parents. But, but what it does is that we are able to take the power that he's given by grace now and then change the parts of our lives that are out of order and alignment. It's one thing to, to settle, to be ignorant or just, you know, um, closed off from the parts of you that are not in alignment. And it's important because we, can't, we, we, we honestly don't like to talk about it because we don't want to cultivate a sin consciousness. We don't want to cultivate a consciousness where all you want to do is do, do, do for God. Where you feel again like you have to earn, you know, like the days, like the Old Testament, where you feel like you have to earn God's presence or God's love or God's power or his gifts or anything because it's simply not true. We don't need to do that. If anything, God invites us first to dwell and stay in that love before we can do anything. The book of Revelations, I think it's Revelations two seven three seven where he talks about talks to the church in ephesus and then he says um you know i've seen your works i've seen the things you've done but then this is the thing i hold against you you've forgotten your first love so return to your first love so that all these things you do they'll have meaning there'll be life again in them these people had waxed cold and they had just fallen into a place where they wanted to please god but do it in their own strength and God doesn't want that. That's not pleasing to him. He doesn't want us to do things because we feel we must. He wants us to do them because we also love him. Jesus didn't do, Jesus didn't go to the cross and give his life because he felt like he had to. Well, I mean, he had to. I mean, nobody else was going to do it. But, <laughs> but it was love that compelled him to do it. And he wants us to be like him where love compels us. Love is our why. So love is your very foundation, is your very base, and it shouldn't shift. So love cannot be overflowed because the truth is, even in any earthly relationship, you know, you can, um, 
you can say you love a person, you love a person, but then the you know, trials will come, things will happen, and you start to think, do I really love this person? Like, you're not very lovable today. But the truth is, you're, you're still committed to the person, but then that feeling of love can ebb. And after a while, you might start to do things out of duty. Hey, I'm the husband. What again will I do? I'm, I've already married you. I can't run. You know? <laughs> As opposed to being propelled by the love you have for that person. And it's very different if you're married or even if you're, you're dating, you're in a relationship or you've been in love before. It's different when you do something because you love a person. You're not waiting for them to do something first for you. You want to out... out what's the word now? Out, out love. Yes, you want to outdo the person in love. It's not because um, you're trying to match, you're not doing 50-50, you're not matching what the person has done. You're propelled by a conviction, what you believe about this person. This person is wonderful. In fact, your, your, the propelling, the, the force, um, sorry, the force of love that propels you should be unconditional. You know, where like, I don't like, it's not even about what you've done. I do this because I love you and I want you to know I love you. And Jesus wants us to get to that point where we do not do things because of what he asks us to do, what we can get from him, or what we won't get from him, or where we might go, uh, you know, but because on, also we come to a place where I just love you, God, for who you are. I just love you, you know, beyond all that you could do for me, what you could do for me. And if I never saw, you know, all these things even, I love you, God. And that's what propels us because there's a purpose to what has been given to us. So on one hand, there's the privilege by the event that Christ has made available and the access. And then there is the power that grace has made available that grace is itself. So it's about not leaving anything on the table, just like joy and all the many other things we need to contend for that has been made available. We have to understand that sorry, that grace is the power that you know, the power at work in us that enables us to contend for these things. We come boldly, we're not begging for it, it's our own. It's our own already. But grace but grace speaks about the power that enables us to take them and it starts from within so ezekiel 47 talks about the word about the temple and then you know how um, i don't want to read it because it's quite long but then how um he was i think in a vision and then an angel took him and then he was in the temple and then water started to come in and at first it was ankle deep and then it got here it got here and then later it got to a point where he he couldn't stand anymore and then it flowed out of the temple and then he saw trees and there were like um and there were trees planted um by the rivers of living water and he spoke about you know how they looked and their leaves were for healing nations and then their fruits were good for food and so he speaks about the infilling of the spirit within us and the access that grace has given and we can't stay the same way grace grace gives us the power but then also strongly calls us to be transformed to be transformed is why we can break out of slave the slavery of the flesh and our emotions and why we can resist the enemy it's grace that actually shows us the true depth of um, of our freedom of our freedom and so for many of us it's like we're sitting in a cage and what Jesus has done, or what God has done, has, is that he's opened the door, he's opened the cage, he's broken the locks, and it's wide open. But then Stockholm Syndrome, we are sitting in the cage. Because we think, oh God, you're so good. Oh, thank you for your love. I love you so much, God, you know. But then, yeah, you're, I'm in the cage, and you still love me here. 
Thank you, Jesus, you know, for this wonderful gilded cage. You made it gold even. Oh, Lord, I love you. you know, and, oh, the door is open. Oh, look at that beautiful tree out there. Oh, <laughs> and <laughs> from the comfort of your cage, you're admiring the wonder and the beauty and splendor of God. And he said, no, I didn't free you to sit down there and tell me about how I painted the gold or maybe I put um, beads inside, you know, and all that. But that you should walk out. You're a king. You're a king. I've made you like me, God. You're my son. You have an inheritance. There's an entire world waiting for your manifestation. Bible says, um, 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 the earth is the earth awaits the um, the earth endlessly awaits the manifestation of the sons of God. Amen. Sorry. All of creation, yes. So there's a manifestation that is that is expected of us, and it starts first of all by conquering in, internally the enemies within. So for you to take the promise, there's sorry, that the promise is yours again. I have to stress because I don't want us to go on thinking that it's a conditionality where oh, then you say he loves me, but I have to do this. It's already yours. The promise is in front of you. Step out of the cage, but no, want to sit down in the cage. So, you know, um, so it's for us to first of all do the internal work. Remember the Israelites, because they could not conquer their minds and break out of that thought pattern that made them feel like, oh, you know, ah, this is going to happen if we take the land or if we try to take the land, they'll overpower us. They are this, they are that, they are this, they are that. As opposed to thinking, we are backed by the God of heaven. Did you see what he did in Egypt? Did you see what he did to the sea? Did you see what he did at the Jordan? I mean, there's a literal rock following us, you know, everywhere and giving us water. There's so many miracles, but then they caved to their minds because their minds hadn't experienced the transforming power of grace. And it's almost as if you, if you look at the story, you see that God didn't select, they were, Joshua and Caleb were not pre-selected. They were not pre-selected. So there's what is done for us. There is what is done for us that nobody else could do and we could never do it by ourselves or in our strength. And then there is what we must do with what has been done for us, for ourselves. There's a responsibility that is powered by grace. Amen. So for the people who say they are willing and ready to take the land, they've overcome first of all the giants the Nephilims and co in their minds small thinking everything that makes you feel like a victim rather than a victor so God wasn't just concerned with making them victors he wanted them to have a victor mentality because is it God that cannot confuse people and they'll start fighting themselves instead of fighting the Israelites or God that cannot make somebody dream that bread will come and I like bread but you know is it God that cannot confuse an army or God that cannot just you know Thanos them away you know he could but then because there is a part for us to play with what has been done for us, it's like a relay. Pari was talking about how you know, like a relay and what has been done and what has been done. And that's how it is. So running your course. Nobody can. Yeah. Running, running the rest. Just walk in literally and take it. But then take it first in your mind so that your legs can go where your mind has already gone. Amen. So there's a part for you to do with what has been done for you. So conquering first what is within.
and just like you know the scripture in Ezekiel spoke about um, you can you can go to Ezekiel um, 47 just that, but I don't think I'm going to read through it but then the water started right here and then came up and then came higher and higher until he was no longer able to walk in it anymore you know and it's like we have to get to the point where we allow the Spirit of God have true truly have free reign in our lives he's available he's not far away he's always close he's right beside us he's in us but then to think that the land is barren and bare and there's nobody or nothing inside there are giants in the land too you know there are giants in the land in the land too israelites were already victors they were already victorious they were already ahead of themselves but just that they did not know their own gist you know so it's already the great things are already spoken about you it's already done for you but if in your mind you're unable to see more of god than of yourself then you're already defeated how then can you take victory into the nations how then can you take transformation that god has started within you and give to the nations it starts with embracing grace with understanding what has been given to you First Corinthians 15 verse 10. Media. First Corinthians 15 verse 10. Or oh, if you're there already, you can just read actually. Okay. Let's read together from the screen. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. 11. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach and you believed. 12. Sorry. Nah. Hold on. We veered off. Sorry, a second. Okay, that's not the, um, the verse I was looking for, but, but 15 verse 10 says correctly, but by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace towards me was not in vain. Now, another um, chapter says, this same grace teaches us how to live each day as we turn our back on indulgence, on ungodliness and indulgent lifestyles. And it equips us to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. Amen. In this present age, there's a work of restoration waiting for us. And at the tribe, we talk about three things. We talk about personal, um, personal, that's a very personal transformation, cultural renewal, and societal transform and reformation. Amen. So it's realizing because if you come to Christ and then all you want is just a free pass to heaven, that's half the pic. That's less than half the picture, even. You know, that's easy. That's done. But then if you come and if you don't if you're not able to see that somehow you're either on the side that contributes to the brokenness or you're on the side that brings healing to the nations that what you take when you take on the life of Christ and you see that you you know you are born again is that you're choosing to come to the side that says I am part of the work of bringing healing and restoration 
and reformation to the nations, then that's only half the story. You're selling yourself short. There's so much more that God needs us to see about grace. Amen. So we call understanding grace is crucial because it is what sustains us in seeking to know him and ultimately to enjoy him. It's like a father, you know that there's just access. You're not worried about what he has to say or how he's going to look at you. He loves you unconditionally. You're the pride of, you know, his heart. You're the apple of his eye. And that's what grace has done. That's an event, that's an experience. And then knowing that in, your, in, your, in what you have to do as a responsibility, as a son, as someone who has an inheritance, and a kingdom even, and you know, a king isn't just someone who sits down and then eats grapes all day. A king actually has, <laughs> a king actually has a kingdom to rule. You know, there are people and things and powers under your jurisdiction. So it's, a, it's, a, it's beautiful when you know that you don't have to be, you know, worried about how you look or how he's going to view or receive you because it's sorted once and for all. But then how even more powerful if we understand that just as he is, we are. And just as he rules and he reigns, we rule and we reign. We are called to rule and reign. I don't just to see because I feel like sometimes, you know, I also get to that point. It's like, oh my goodness, I rule and I reign. Oh God, you know, and in my mind, I'm literally just sitting on the throne and somebody's putting. Well, did you ever watch any of those old, um, the movie cover days? It's over days. It's really old, like probably 70, 80 years old by now. But those, it was like Cleopatra, those 50s, 60s Hollywood attempts at, um, at Bible and mythology and stories. And, and they just put somebody and just wear the person, all these cutting kind of clothes. And then somebody is finding you with one big, one big palm branch. And then another person is putting grapes in your mouth. Another person is pressing your hand or your leg. You know, and it just feels like, yeah, I rule and I reign. Satan, where? <laughs> Who? Why? How? I'm, this, this is my throne. But then, there's a work to do. There's justice. The world needs justice. Bible says, let, um, but let justice um, flow like mighty waters and let righteousness reign. So there's a work to do with the grace that has been given to us. And it starts internally. We must bring our lives under the government of God under the government of the spirit not self-government because grace on one hand is so much love but then if we see love merely i repeat merely as a hall pass as a license it's not enough it's not enough you know up it goes up it comes back down it goes up it comes back down we speak to god he speaks to us you know we hear the conversations in heaven and then we bring them down to earth there's a work of governing and ruling the earth that we need to do so when god gives us insight and revelation there are wonderful things because these are the things that he's going to use to truly make as to really make earth as it is in heaven we are the ones to do that it doesn't going to come and do it for us we are the ones to do that is what ruling and reigning means so it starts internally first with us and looking at yourself critically and saying, okay, what are the parts of me that I have sat down and just, you know, settled with? That I've sat down and settled with. Now, the lie of the enemy is to make you think like those people who were not under the grace covenant and think that, oh, to change is impossible. 
and at the best you can do is the outward is the outward appearance of change or transformation so your skirt is now four inches below your knee before it used to be like five inches up sometimes what's even skirt bombshots.com you know and etc but then these things don't matter because it's not about the outward um, um, sorry um, appearance god isn't looking he said he looks within he looks within and it's what comes out of you that defines you or defiles you. It's what comes out of you, not what goes in. It's not about what you wear. It's not about what we wear. But then if we truly are heirs of the kingdom and heirs of, you know, of God, of heaven, then let the earth bear witness. Let's see healing. Let's see transformation. Let's see reformation. Let's see true love in people's hearts. Let be be the first person to bring love to the atmosphere and love not just in the sense that I love God, I love God, but then your love for people should compel you to also do things that God wants for them. So you work somewhere and then the you know standard standard um, um, standard basically standard or what they call an operation there is basically everybody takes a bribe. It's just it's like maybe you're working. If you walk there, please don't be angry. You walk in the airport, you walk in fan or something now, or, <laughs> or you walk in oil and gas. Let me look at Helen. You walk in oil and gas, for instance, and then bribes are just—it's just normal. Like I, I just if you don't understand that this is just the way things are done. You work in civil service, and your salary is—you know—it's not even, and you don't want to collect bribe. How will you? How will you live? How will you feed? I remember Nikkei was, um, I think, uh, one of the electoral college programs we had here at the tribe. I was talking about how, oh, uh, like she trended though, when they gave her a senior special advisor to the governor and this and that. But if you see her salary, when she sent me details, like, oh, I said, now I understand why people actually feel like they have to survive and cope on bribes. Because most SSAs you see, they don't have one car, like two or three cars, sometimes even convoy. Like when you're that close to the government or governor, people expect a certain lifestyle from you. But then, the salary is like is less than two hundred dollars a month. How much is well? Traffic, third mainland, Ikeja, and you still may be in a jail like you do. How do you want to go every morning? Like it's a labor of love. It's a real labor of love. It's a labor of love. But you understand that there are lives, there are lives tied to this position. There are lives tied to me what God has given to me and what I must do for this system I'm called to. Do you understand? Like there are real principalities and powers. Oh. Like and they wear suits. They don't have horns. And they don't even they don't even have to worship at any shrine. The devil self will use you. He doesn't need you to know his name. Do you understand? So there are people that really believe like if you even if you if you even smell like you 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 do not um you you turn your nose at what they are doing. It's a problem already. Are you better than me? Who do you think you are? It's not about doing this before you were born. Why were you born? Millennials, not them. Gen Z, not them. Like they already, <laughs> they've already sized you like this. But then you have to stand like David and know, know your God, like you, uncircumcised something. You know, <laughs> is this my small voice I will use to bring you down? Because I know the power at work in me. It's not about. It's not me. It's not just my strength. It's not my power. That's what grace does. It's a power that you could never have in your natural state, in your God-absent life. It could never be there. You could never. You could never even aspire to perspire. You know, <laughs> to such, <laughs> to such heights. But grace has given us such boldness and power because of what it can do. 
and think about the men of old. Think about the, you think you know, think about what they did. Think about the apostles, the disciples, and all the mighty miracles and all the things they did and how they dared, how they dared to do the things that seemed impossible. And we're called to do that now. This is what grace has, you know, empower, empowers us or calls us to do at the same time. So please take a quick look at your life and ask yourself, where, where, do, where does grace need to flow? Where does grace need to flow? Where do I need to heal so that I can be healing as well? Because the truth is that maybe in your mind, though, like things are hard, honestly. So, like, I'm, it's, it's, I'm a bit conflicted because I'm also in this boy's Nigeria. So it's almost like, you know, like, so what do you expect them to now do? Children must children, you know, school must school, and fees and food and just getting by in this country that just sometimes threatens to swallow you up. What do you want people to do? It almost feels like it almost feels like you can't judge them. But then, who are the people who can think above, think above that tide? And really, you know, expand their understanding and insights, able to look through the eyes of faith and see that I, there's a barren land in front of me, just like Abraham when he had to separate from God. But then I know that I live in a land beyond. I live in God. And where God calls me to, I flourish, I prosper. I bring pathways of blessings. I bring channels. You know, the God that makes a way in the desert, he's my God. I go with him. And that all the people who see you and who go with you, you know, are also going to partake in that too. The gospel we preach can no longer be, bring, bring, give your life. Bring, bring, Jesus is coming. Bring, bring, end time. Bring, bring, if your Ankara has star. Bring, bring, you know, your fish, she has oil. Or no oil. You know, that because it's not even the gospel it's not the good news the good news is that there's access that now we can touch heaven and, and see what truly the earth is supposed to be before we groped in darkness but now our eyes are open we are light because light has come into us and so we take light into the world that people see a light like this one and you know <laughs> this is really overpowering you guys don't understand but then people see a light and understand that this it cannot be of this world it cannot be of this earth this is not the lily i know this is not lily on you know this is god working through her this is what they call exploits this is what they call exploits she truly knows god bernard truly knows god that's key he that note <laughs> that he okay maybe not note but then that song that song broke the shackles of depression when I played it over and over because it spoke revelation of God to me. It revealed to me what God thought about me. He didn't know when he was writing it. He was just writing his song and everything was just clicking, clicking, clicking. But then I know that God wrote that song for me. Who's ever felt that way? You heard the song and he said, this song was, was for me. It was me. This song changed something for me. There's so much that we, that we can do by the power of grace. So first confront within yourself, what do I, where, where do I need to heal? What do I need to heal? So I was saying that basically that I, sometimes it's hard to judge, you know, that ah, you say for like bribe, really? How you call yourself a Christian, you know? <laughs> but then I, I can't even do that. I, you know, I really, I'll just hug you like, sis, I understand. I understand, I did pay fees too, I understand. You know, I understand, but then we are we this is god we are not we are not ordinary people we are peculiar people there has to be more in store within us we are going to place a demand on heaven we're going to talk to god we're going to talk you know we're going to listen to the heavens to hear what do they have to say about this sometimes we're called to pioneer things things we've never seen on like heard before and sometimes you find that in just following seemingly you know 
meaningless um, readings in the spirit or just listening to God in prayer that God gives you answers that you could never have arrived at yourself and it seems foolish at first until you start to implement and you see that truly this is what they call a way where there was no way that's what grace has done there's access and the God of all wisdom the God himself who is wisdom is made available to us we don't have it's not by book sense anymore the world has failed please who has said of this 1125 COVID variant or something like that be like it just keeps reinventing itself it's like <laughs> it's like iPhone it doesn't end it's like iPhone it doesn't end it's what it's it doesn't end it doesn't end so the Bible says, as your days, so shall your strength be. Do you know what that means? It means that no matter the, 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 the what I call the weather, what I call the weather, no matter what the day looks like, whether it's stormy, whether it's dry and barren season, you know, whatever it looks like, whether it feels like captivity or bondage, that whatever the day brings, your strength will be able to handle your strength will be able to handle that's grace that you're in fact more than you you have more than the day brings you'll be able to do way more than the day brings you're not just tossed around you're not just wading through you're pushed you're propelled you're 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 carried by the spirit of god places you could never reach by yourself but it starts with a life that truly yields and gives itself to the spirit we say we love christ but then do we trust him we say we do you understand and that's the work we're trying to do we're trying to break those strongholds in your mind that make you feel like you know he's not a good person or he can't be trusted you know or that you serve him and you done your reward is in heaven or that or that it's just suffering me or like if you see my bio my it really is my mission in life to enjoy it amen i will enjoy it i will rejoice in this land of the living you guys no matter what the day brings no matter what the day brings we have to come to a place where we truly trust God again. And if it's a place in your life where you're not in alignment, it might be a trust issue. That's the truth. Because you don't fully trust him. You feel like, hey, if I give God this place now, it's maybe disgrace, you know, and it's I suffer for Christ. You know, I was persecuted for his sake. And in a small time, you know, schizophrenia was setting. You know, because you have, you're, 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 you're confessing one thing, you're saying one thing like, oh, I'm, I'm strong in the Lord. But in your mind, you're like, hey, I don't need Chris. Oh, <laughs> I gave God all my money in my account. <laughs> you know, but then, truly, if one, we are one, yes, I'm almost out of time. We are truly one with God. It starts with the ability to discern God. You don't hear God, you discern God. God speaks in a diverse, you know, in diverse ways. You discern God. Then you trust him. You trust his voice. You trust what he says. You believe it. Then against all odds. It's like literally, I think it was Pride was talking about it, which is quite funny. About how you know that to really say you are held by God. Well, you are not like <laughs> Okay, yes, Abi. Yes, at the last more break session, to so really say you are helped by God, where the outcome, or like you, you've totally left it in His hands. You know that you have no contribution whatsoever in the matter. They said something to you. It's not like, hey, okay, don't worry. I've prayed. I've put you in God's hands. <laughs> Damnation, condemnation. The NYC, we had one. Uh, I don't know what they call them anymore. These women that basically stamp your, sign your card. It's been so long. I'm older. Have signed, you know, sign your card and then. There was a Muslim woman and there was um, a woman from another, a church that's not the tribe, Shah, I won't call the name. And um, the Muslim woman, Alaja, such a love. 
but such a <laughs> she was nice to us and she made our lives easy god forgive us but you know she was always taking bribes so you could come late and she'll just take your money and sign your card that kind of thing and the other one right beside her without fail will be shouting condemnation <laughs> damnation Condemnation. I'm like, is it also the woman? Like, we don't even know a girl of us. It's like, what's going with, with shame? Say, sign, ma. You know, condemnation, damnation. And, and sadly, a larger person, I'm sure she was like, yes, my God did this or something, whatever. But then, um, how did I get to condemnation and damnation, please? <laughs> how did I get here, somebody? Help me, dig me out, please. Why did we stop? Helped by God. Yes. So, you, um, you're not. Um, Yes, you're helped by God. You know that you're truly at a place where the outcome doesn't depend on you because you've totally aligned with God. You're one with God. And so your next step is predicated on his answer, his response. And sometimes he doesn't even need you to do it. He doesn't even need you to, make a, to take a step before he does what he needs to do. But you know that whatever the case, you're aligned and one with him. Your life is in rhythm with heaven. You've truly given it all up and then you're flowing. That's when you can say you're like the tree planted by the rivers of the living water. You bring your, your, your leaves to know whether in and out of season, you know, and you can truly bring healing to the nations. So, guys, in closing, because Freddie's like, girl, if you don't get. <laughs> so, so, it's like, so, I'm going to read a scripture. Sorry, my nose is acting funny, so I've lost parts of it, but then. Um, it says, don't you realize that grace frees you to choose your own master? But choose carefully because you surrender yourself to become a servant, bound to the one you choose to obey. The Bible is clear. There's what has been done for us and then there's what we have to do. There's what we have to apprehend and take on. Don't sit in your cage, people. Lily, don't sit in your cage. Guys, don't sit in your cage. No matter how beautiful the cage is, no matter how beautiful the scenery is, please get up. There's a kingdom to rule. You have to reign. There's healing for the nations inside of you. Don't bottle it up. You become like stagnant waters, like a swamp, and then things just fester there and eventually die. There's so much more. God bless you. You can log on to thetribelagos.com or email us at hello at thetribelagos.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter on The Tribe Lagos. God bless.